You're listening to the Restoration Church Podcast. We are a local congregation in Lexington, Kentucky, and we would love to see you join God's restoring work of love in your life. You can find out more about us at restorationlex.com slash welcome. There's helpful links about how you can grow, how you can serve, and be good news in our city. Thanks for listening. Dr. Jebising. We are going to get, let's see, how do you want to be? You want to use this? Yeah. Okay, perfect. We can do whatever you want to do. I'll move this out of your way even. The floor is yours. <laughs> All right. Well, um, and let me just, by show of hands really quick, if, if you are familiar at all with Friends of the Good Samaritan, like even if just by name, can you raise your hand? Does that sound? Okay. Yes. So we got about half and half maybe. So a lot of these people have been praying for you and your ministry and your schools for years at yes. this point. Yes. And then we have some people who this will be their first time hearing this information. So it's going to be really exciting. So it's an honor to have you with us again, Thank of you. course, for the first time in five years. It's been five years since you yes. were last here, and a lot has happened since then, of course, including a global pandemic. So because of that, there's a lot of new faces, obviously, that haven't gotten the privilege of hearing this story. So we're really, really excited to share your story today. So you're coming to us from a city that has a population of 32 million people. Yes. So can you please start by telling us a little bit about New Delhi and just how you came to live there? Okay. <laughs> okay, I am actually from the southern part of India where they speak a language called Tamil, one of the oldest languages of the world. And we came from there to the capital city of India, that is Delhi, when my husband took charge of transfer radio ministry, broadcasting the gospel into Indian la India through Indian languages and the neighboring countries. So we shifted there, and I was a professor in southern India, and I, I actually wanted to continue like that. So I did my two research degrees from the main university in Delhi, that is Jawaharlal Nehru University. So it was a prestigious one, but when I finished my research, I wanted to serve the Lord fully as my husband did. And otherwise I was teaching and I was in a different way, and I wanted to serve the Lord. And I was very, very anxious about serving the Lord, and the situation was like that in Delhi. Wherever we turned, it was uh, an expression of faith in gods made by our hands or made by our mind. Till it was Hinduism, which is deep-rooted in India. That is the majority religion in India. And what I saw should when I, when I was going, I saw one couple well-dressed from a rich family having a lot of flowers in their hands, and they were going around a cow and worshipping that and putting flowers on that. And another day when I was going, another couple I saw on the road, they were also having flowers, newly married couple, and they were going around a tree worshipping the tree and putting flowers. So this was, I couldn't believe 
cow, educated and well-versed people can do that. And I, that is what which propelled me to do God's work. And I will see a, uh, the situation of Delhi. Delhi being the capital city, it has so many businesses, so many organizations, skyscrapers, excellent homes. And I was also living in one of the excellent homes. But what uh, my son, my husband used to travel a lot. So when we had to admit my son in kindergarten, I wanted to be very near the school. So we changed into an apartment. Apartment where it was a community, much smaller than the original home. So we, I insisted that I would stay only in that place so I can walk to the school and bring back my son every day. So that was my situation. And here, uh, this, see, you don't see when you enter Delhi, you don't see slums at all. But half of the population of Delhi lived in slums. When they built skyscrapers and huge apartments with five stories, seven stories or more, the people who come to toil as laborers, they are left out. When the project is over, they are left out. So what they do, they just, they become squatters in the land left out, and there they build their huts with wood pieces or metal pieces and polythene sheets like that. And you don't see them easily. And when they shifted to that apartment, we could see there was a big slum across our home. And there, in five-acre land, nearly 25,000 people lived. And there was a toilet facility built for them for one mile around, there will be that deep stitch. And you can't go near that. So that was the condition of the families living in areas in these slums. And these families come from different parts, the poor from different parts of the land would come there. The illiterate, even now, at least 10,000 people come on a daily basis into Delhi and stay there. So very congested place. Yeah. So you're telling us, you know, kind of about this landscape in Delhi where there is poverty, there is um, <clears throat> injustice in the caste system and the class system that exists. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Lord really began to stir in your heart moving there. Of course, your son's in school there and you're seeing all of this. You're seeing all of it with your own eyes. You're experiencing it. And you really wanted the Lord to, uh, you know, use you. And God was stirring in your heart and beginning to move you. And so you started to pray, right? So I would love for you to tell the very simple story um, of something that happened in just about 30 seconds of time that really changed your life. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yes, yes. So I was praying very earnestly that I should do the work of the Lord. And the answer did not come for a long time. However, after many days, many months, I will say, when I was fasting and praying, one little knock I heard from the door. 
And when I opened, there was a little boy, maybe this size, and maybe he was 10 to 12 years old. And I asked him, what do you want? He said, he's hungry and he wants food. I promptly told him, you have to go to your mother and ask her, she will give you food. And he said, there's no food in our home. That's why I have come to ask you. So I gathered everything that was left out of the breakfast and gave it to him. And he was really happy and he grabbed the bread with joy and hugged it and jumped out and <laughs> ran to his home. It made me happy. Delhi was in those days filled with beggars. Even now there are many. But here this joy and the sweet face and the way he talked to me, it attracted me. And the next day he came, so I gave him food. And I expected, started to expect him every day and he would come. But after some days, I think he announced this to other people in the slum. <laughs> and there was a big crowd of children in front of my home. This upset me. And I, I was thinking, I have come all the way from Tamil Nadu to Delhi just to make beggars out of children. By helping one child, am I making a whole lot of beggars in the community? That made me angry. And I was angrily asking, why did you come? And the girl in a corner said, Bukla Grehe. That is, we are hungry. She had a baby sibling. And we are hungry. And that made me angry. I don't know why. And I told them, I'm not going to give you anything. You should not become beggars. And I turned them away and closed the door. But I could not even take one step inside as I was walking to my room. This, these words, we are hungry. That is book lagareha. That was coming as electric shock in my brain like lightning going here, there, every time increasing in volume. And I was thinking, what is that hunger? What did I do? And is, is it the hunger of the flesh or the hunger of the soul? What does the Lord want to convey to me? And I can see the Lord hanging on the cross saying, I am thirsty. Yes, he wants to make these children his children. And I had turned them away. All the time praying to do his work, and I had turned them away. So then I started praying, and I wanted to continue to ask God, because that boy was terribly afraid no one came to my home. And I was praying, praying after some days. That boy very hesitantly rang the bell. But it made me so happy. I jumped and opened the door. And there he was. I apologized first for treating him like that. And then I told him, you just have to have an honorable life, not this type of life. So I, gave, I told him, you should work. And I gave him a wet cloth and asked him to clean outside. I didn't want to take him inside. I, and this boy, it was peak winter in Delhi, just a half-torn cotton pant and a 
T-shirt torn, no sweater, no shoe, no slippers, nothing. And he was shivering. But I was so happy giving him food, hot food, because he enjoyed it. But then I realized that I am into child labor. I cannot, cannot do that for a child. Then I was praying. And then it was like God leading me. You give him what you have. So what I have, I can teach him. So then I told him, I will teach you how to read and write, and then you will have an honorable living. You will no more be a beggar. So I just took all the waste papers from my children. I had three children, and youngest was at that time his age, and I took all the waste papers and then pencils, thrown away pencils, and started teaching him. And within a few days, he wrote one sentence. And he just threw the notebook and started dancing around. Dancing, I can write, I can write. It was such a big thing, gift for him. I realized a small skill when I give, how happy this, this child is. So I continued to teach one by one. And this also, he announced in the slum. Now there is big news, someone teaching. <laughs> so many mothers brought their children to me. Ma'am, you admit our children also in the school. And I said, this is no school. This is an apartment where we are staying. And I can't take you. You go to the school. There are so many schools, you get admission. And then the mother said, no school will open the door for us. We are slum children. Our children are slum children. No one will take our children in the school. Please keep them for half an hour and then send them out. So I used to teach them in my garage, making them sit in the garage. I'll put the shutters down so no one will see. And they came and they were taught. One day, one boy, um, he forgot, he was absent for two days, and then he forgot everything that I had taught him. So when other children left, I asked him to stay back, and he had an elder sister, so I asked both of them to stay back. And then I asked the boy, why did you forget everything that you had learned? And he didn't answer. I looked at the girl, she didn't answer. She just bent and pulled up his pants, and there were red marks around his legs. And she said, the father was upset with him, and he tied the boy, both the legs, with a rope, and hung him upside down in the hut for the whole day. I don't know what happened to his brain. I don't know what trauma had gone through him. And I said, Lord, I will not leave these children. They need you. They need my help also. I will not. I will obey you. And you know what the Lord said? Do not be afraid. I am with you. I will help you. So when you obey, always the Lord is with us. Any work he wants us to do. It's so much. And that helped me to go ahead and, uh, and then there, uh, so my home was filled with more than 100 children. 
a garage veranda and outside I put more <laughs> blackboards outside. Okay. So after a yeah. hundred children were yeah. in your garage at yes. this point, yeah. you um, were praying for God to provide. You, you couldn't fit a hundred children in your apartment, in your garage. Yeah. That's too many. And so when you were with us last time, it, it's been five years, but you shared the amazing story with us about how the school moved from the garage to the toilet complex. You yes. were talking about that earlier, right? Like the filth of the slums. There's this toilet complex and you guys were allowed to actually have school in the toilet complex yes. you call it the toilet school that is and you know god is there god was there yeah. and even all these years and decades later to hear you talk about it with such emotion and such tenderness really speaks to the kind of teacher and the kind of you know motherly figure and and voice of God that you have been able to be in the lives of these children and families. So since that toilet school, since those days, God has provided just amazingly and abundantly, yeah. correct? Yeah. And so this has happened through just prayer and trust in God and just persistence in yeah. believing that God is with you. Yeah. in believing that what God said to you then, do not be afraid, yes. I'm with you, yes. to truly take that to heart and believe that. And so you have some really great testimonies about how plans began to unfold, to build the type of school that you need, right? Yes. Because yes. a garage couldn't sustain it, a toilet complex can't sustain it. So can you talk to us about what happened after that? How through prayer and through um, donors and just God opening doors, how, what is some of the testimony of how your current facilities came to yes, be? Can yes. you share that? Yeah. <laughs> One day, a senator from Kentucky came to India and he heard about the toilet school. He's a believer and he wanted to come and we took him in and he told the children Bible stories. And then when he came back, he went to a school, Lexington Christian Academy, and then told the children in the assembly that there is a school in India which is running in a toilet and those children need a good school. So these children, third graders, they started praying in Yaranas because their teacher was very much helpful in making them pray. And when they prayed in the school, they also went home and prayed with the parents in the night. And the parents came to know about this toilet school and there were two parents, Dave, David's father, Dale Ditto, and um, Ben's fa father and mother, literal family. So they were praying, and one day this Dale Ditto came with another ministry, and he, they wanted to see go to Agra as a group. But this particular man said, I don't want to come to Agra and see Taj Mahal, Instead, I would like to go and see the school for which my son is praying. So the ministry leaders and important people, they wanted to come because they knew my husband, so we don't know what Ananti is doing. So we will go and see. So they all came and they saw the children. You know, they were slum children in dirty clothes, but their eyes were shining like stars. They had stars in the eyes. It attracted everyone. And then the ministry leader was asking me, Ananti, what do you need? I didn't know what I need. 
because we were in a humble toilet facility. That is what God has given me. I was happy to do that. But then one man said, she needs a school. So then they asked me to plan for the school. And then another boy's parents were praying, and she was from the church, and they had a sale in the church, and they sent $800. I saw $800 coming in post, and from a place which I never knew, from a person whom I did not know. And I was looking at that surprised, and how do I build a school with $800? Then immediately I knelt down and took it up to the Lord. Lord, you have the power to multiply, and you will multiply, and we will have a school. And when I took, a, took it up to the Lord, Within 20 minutes, I heard one gentleman from that ministry calling me from Peru. And he said, Ananti, the McDonald's have given $250,000. So from then on, I had a young man staying with me from Kentucky. He was Preston Coral. He used to come and teach in the toilet school. So whatever I said, he was helping me. He was staying with me for one year. And he was teaching one day when I was struggling for the funds. Then the Lord, it was like Lord speaking to me, why did I send this boy to you? Young boy, just 17 or so. Why did I send this boy to you? So that morning I told him, don't go to the slum. Come and stay with me and we will work together. So we worked together, he contacted his family, and they also started helping, that ministry started helping, and now we have a beautiful school. We have 1,500 children. As we have to take children around by rule, we take some children around, but most of our children are underprivileged children. When we inaugurated, they thought, she will say that they will, <laughs> she will take our children. But when a big school comes, they will never allow us to come in. You know, schools are business places in many places in India. So they said we will not allow them to come. But we, when we invited the community for the inauguration, they were so happy and they came in and the children rushed into the classrooms. This is our school because they had prayed again and again and again. We used to have Saturdays for prayer. Completely, we teach them the word of God and then pray. And many fasted and prayed. And here, the children fasted and prayed in that school. Fasted, I don't know, prayed. And there, the children fasted and prayed. And prayer brought out a miracle. I love that story. And this was 2005, right? Yes. That this facility yes. was finished. So like a $3.1 million yeah. facility, yeah. completely debt-free, yeah. that came about by the power of prayer and the prayers of children. And I love that story because yes. it's children praying and believing with the faith of a child that yes. God can touch the lives of children across the globe that they may never get to meet, yeah. but they're praying earnestly for them. Um, like only a child can do sometimes. So it's so pure and just the innocence and purity of that yes, faith is yes. very inspiring. 
So since then, you've been operating at, what's the current capacity you said? How many students? Now we are having 1,500. Okay, 1,500. <laughs> and so I know that you guys and your administrative staff, everyone works very hard to make sure that the school stays accredited so that these graduates have an opportunity to continue their education. Yes. Um, because a lot of them, their life really shifts and changes when they're given this opportunity for education. Yes. Yes. And so a couple of weeks ago, we got to watch a short video about Sunil, who I know is one of your graduates. Um, could you tell us a little bit about just I don't, I don't know, maybe one or two of your graduates and maybe what, what they're doing now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this, to bring them into a standard school, needed fees. We had to pay standard salaries and all. We had to get well-qualified staff. <coughs> that was a pressure on us. At that time, Lord said to another young girl, she just finished college, and from Tim Philpott, the senator, she heard about this. And she was sent by her father to India. That is Laura Mary, who was a member of this church. And Laura Mary came just to see. And she was baffled by the traffic and everything because she landed at night. And in the night, going through that crowded streets and all baffled her. And I was not there to receive her. She was baffled, and she was weary, and she was sleeping. And I came from a tribal area that day, and morning I went and asked, called her, Laura. She just hugged me and started crying. <laughs> anyway, she was with us for three months. She, found, she knew how we were struggling for funds. We used to cry and pray every day, and she participated in our prayer. And then when she left, she said, Auntie, don't worry. You give me three months, then you will get funds. So we started launching the sponsorship program and going to places and asking for helping hands. And within one month, she was able to achieve that. And she started helping. And she, she started coming back as a young girl, and it was then on, we were able to do manage our funds to a great extent. We have three, center, three more centers in Delhi now, and four centers in one tribal area called Chhattisgarh, Bastar. There the people are very, very, uh, that is, they used to be half naked. Both men and women just wore a loincloth. Now the government is not allowing people to go. But when we went, we saw these people. So there we are building, uh, we are having three schools. We are building those schools. So now, this is a big work. I never thought it will become a big work. We will give educational help to so many now. We have 3,000 children whom we have to help. And it's going on with the sponsorship, helping hands. So many of you sponsor. I'm so very thankful to the church because it's not just sponsoring, it's prayer backing, which makes miracles in the lives of children. You know, there was a child in, a, in another state, Bihar, and the father and mother were fighting always because the father was a drunkard. One day when he came, this mother was so angry, he came drunk, 
and took the petrol from his bike, what he had kept for his bike, and poured it on herself and set herself on fire. This happened in India so many times. So many women, frustrated women, killed themselves, or the family killed them by pouring petrol and setting on fire. This was unbearable. But this boy was taken by his uncle, and he, he was in Delhi, so he came to Delhi, and he brought him to me. I didn't know what to do first, because a traumatized child, and he didn't have the educational background which we needed. He was six, seven years old. Then we put him through intense learning, and he got interested in learning. Loving teachers taught him. And we gave him nutrition every day, because he couldn't get food in his home. His aunt had to feed her own children. So very often, he didn't get food. So his teachers gave him food. His friends gave their share to him, and he thrived on that. See, he came to the Lord. He loves the Lord now. And he is in a good job with Infosys. And he's always thankful to Good Samaritan School for giving love and, more importantly, Jesus to him. He's a strong believer and is writing a book on transformation through Jesus in his life. It's <laughs> amazing. And I love that that's just one of hundreds and hundreds of stories yes. um, of children who then grow into adults whose yes. whole lives and trajectory of their whole future is changed by yes. just the love and support of yes. a community um, that is built on prayer and yes. the love of, of God. Yes. So that's wonderful. Um, I know that we prayed a little bit about this right before service, actually, yes. in our pre-service prayer time. Yeah. But could you tell us what some of your current needs are for the school? What are your big prayers that you are praying? <laughs> what are your big needs that we yeah. can join you in asking God to fulfill yeah. in this season? Yeah, our big need, we started school in 2005. Now the buses in the schools, they, their time expires. Then we can't run the bus in, the, in Delhi city. So we have to discard those buses, no other way, and we have to get new buses. So that is a big need. The bus costs $37,000, so you can pray for that. And then we are incomplete. Two schools in Buster in the tribal area, they are incomplete. And we are, me and Natasha, we are going to work on that only these two days, which is left with us. And uh, you can pray that God will provide for that, because the one who made a new and big school in Delhi is capable of making anything. And I always think, God has put 12 trillion tons of gold in the sun itself. Nothing is lacking with his, him and his hands are not too short to ask for a big prayer, isn't it? Nothing is short for him. So we just need prayer for that, these two days when we will be talking to people. And then we want uh, to develop the character of children. Children are coming from the slum area, relocation colony. Now this pandemic, we have to give them online education. So it has exposed them to internet and all those things. Some children go astray. So we want 
their characters to be built up by loving teachers. God should give us the wisdom how to address the problem. They become 18, up to 17, 18, they are with us. So uh, that also a big need. Many automatically come to the Lord, but when they have a drunken father, fathers or mothers who have no value, then that passes on to the children. So we have to really tackle that in a different way. So we need prayers for that and strength for all the teachers yes. and staff who are dealing with them. Yes, lots to pray for and big, bold prayer requests, which I love because you have seen God answer some very big prayers. Yes. And I appreciate, <laughs> yes, the, the small prayers and the big prayers. Yes. God answers yeah. them all. And so thank you for bringing those before us so that we know how to pray. Um, we have opportunities too that you'll be hearing a little bit more from Jessica later at the end um, about how we can support and, and pray in different ways. Um, like you said, child sponsorship, which is something yes, that Laura that Marie is, set yeah, up. That's which a lot of you know Laura Marie, Laura Marie Thompson. She was one of our elders here at our church um, before moving to North Carolina with her family earlier this year. Um, so she was obviously kind of our first connection with yes, the Good Samaritan yes. Schools, which we're so thankful for. Um, but sponsorship really benefits children, and of course that's one way to give. I know some families already have sponsored children, and yes, the kids love sure, to write yeah. letters back and forth with Sadie Shares and all of yes. that. It's wonderful. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, um, <clears throat> but I, I think that really more than anything is we're hearing you share today I'm reminded that it's so good for all of us to see and for our kids to see that our faith, mm -hmm. our expression of our Christian faith here in our culture is so much bigger than what we get to experience for ourselves. So we are humbled that you are here with us today. And can I, can I ask, how old are you? <laughs> you shared with us last time, so we yeah. could do the math. I'm 77. <laughs> 77 years old. Yes. And you are a true matriarch of the faith. <laughs> I hope that you can receive that as the compliment that it is because I mean it truly and, and we are humbled and thankful to be able to hear from you. And I think that anytime we get to hear from someone outside of like the American expression of Christianity is a gift and we should be grateful that we get this opportunity. <laughs> So um, what I'm going to do now, we need to transition a little bit. We need to actually end our live stream here. So if you're watching online, thank you for joining. And if you want more information about Friends of the Good Samaritan, you can find that on Church Center or our website. Um, and just